Hello and welcome to another special bonus episode of Little Things. I just want to remind you if you want to get an actual physical copy of my book, I'm going to tell you how in just a minute, but what is the advantage of that? Well, at the end of every chapter, I have some discussion questions, which if you're working through this book by yourself, you could just use it for further thought and to journal your thoughts to really get the ideas that each chapter presents, you know, in your heart and mind so that you can make changes. But also, ideally, if you have the time or you have a friend, this is a great way to discuss your faith with someone else. If you get a copy and you both work through the questions, I always find so much insight in finding what helps other people get through their faith walk and their faith journey. So that's just a beautiful way to work your way through this book and get the most out of it. Request your copy of Soul Care, Nurturing Your Spiritual Wellness, when you give to our $155,000 challenge grant. This month, your gift goes twice as far. Give today by visiting us at timeofgrace.org or writing us at P.O. Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53201. Now, Chapter 3. Worry Gets in the Way of Soul Care As I was looking through self-care lists, I found advice on focusing on the positive. One list said to watch a funny video or inspirational movie to distract you from other negative thoughts. Another suggestion was to practice positive self-talk by saying things like, I am enough. One list even said to designate one pen as a magic pen. That pen could only write positive things. I just don't think any of those things would adequately address my worry. If you listened to my podcast, Little Things, from 2020 to 2022, you know I described myself this way, wife, mother, warrior, type A, child of God. When my producer and I created the new opening at the end of 2022, I took warrior out. Worrying is not something to be proud of. It's something to deal with. When it comes to caring for my soul, worry gets in the way. It keeps me from what I know is true and takes me to the realm of, what if? Jesus knew our tendency to worry. That's why he said, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When inflation rises, I can easily think, will we have enough money to keep buying groceries? 
Rumors of energy shortages cause me to wonder, how will we get through the winter? And worry pushes me to work harder, to get more money, because enough might not be enough. At least when I do laundry, there's a before and after. When I clean the bathroom or weed the front yard, I see change. After worrying, I'm in the same situation as before, just more stressed and sleep deprived. In Luke chapter 10, Martha was worried about food. Jesus told her to seek God's kingdom first. Seek God's kingdom like a hot deal on Black Friday. Seek it like pumpkin spice flavoring on September 1st. Seek it like patio lights or a fleece blanket or a good haircut. Problem number one when it comes to worry is that we don't seek God or look for him or even give him a passing glance. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 3, verses 20 and 21. A lot of us hear Jesus knocking and slide to the floor out of sight until the knocking stops and he walks away. It happens when we're asked again, sigh, to join a small group at church, or when the overly enthusiastic older lady catches us on the way to the car and invites us to the women's Bible study. It happens when someone texts you the podcast or the sermon, but you don't have time for that. After all, you are busy working on your worry and gathering the latest news that makes you worry and doing all you can to prepare so the latest rumor won't affect you. We all tend to think there will be time someday when we'll let Jesus in. I witness the distractions still in the nursing home that keep men and women from opening their Bibles. There is bingo and the dice game and whatever shows are on MeTV. There are people in the dining room to talk to and the news and the baseball game and crossword puzzles to keep your mind sharp. When we don't make time for the word, we keep Jesus out. And when Jesus loses the top spot, worry quickly slithers in. And worry takes a toll. How many nights have I seen minutes and hours pass while contemplating scenarios that never play out? Too many. And if it's not sleep, it's energy and time. It's phone calls exploring how horrible things might get. If this happens, this will happen, then that, and most likely that, the world is falling apart never to recover. Consider the Israelites in the desert. God miraculously led them through the Red Sea and saved them from Pharaoh's army, Exodus 14. After a three-day hike, they found only bitter water, so God turned it sweet, Exodus 15.25. When they were hungry, God provided bread from heaven and quail, Exodus 16. He brought water from a rock and gave the Israelites victory over those who were attacking them, Exodus 17. In a short time, God proved himself trustworthy and almighty. Why would they ever doubt him? Why would they worry about provisions? Why would they wonder if they would could take the land he promised to give them? Why would they make another God for themselves when God had been so good to them? Why do we? Hasn't God shown himself trustworthy in our lives over and over and over? Hasn't he gotten us through whatever we faced in the past? When we had little, didn't we have enough? When terror seized us, 9-11, 2001, wasn't he there? 
Why then, when looking forward, is it so easy to worry and wonder if he'll make, he'll provide and sustain? Why do we make gods of news anchors and politicians, but fail to turn in faith to the God who holds the world in his hands? How many times have I seen God work in miraculous, extraordinary ways to keep things from happening? How many times will it take before I know I can trust God? I worked an evening shift on June 17th, 2022. I reported off at 10.30 p.m. and started my hour drive home. Not long into my drive, I remembered my 19-year-old son was at a graduation party with his gearhead friends. I had been at the last graduation party at that venue, and there had been lots of wild driving. With that in mind, I prayed God would protect them all and keep those car-loving boys and help them make good decisions. At 3 a.m., I woke up and realized my son was not home. I sent him a text asking where he was. He sent back two pictures, a smashed truck and a bloodied hand. As we texted back and forth, I found out he was the passenger in a truck that rolled. As I examined the picture, I knew without a doubt that God had graciously answered my prayer. The top of the truck was completely caved in and resting on the seat. My son is six foot five. If I had known this would happen, no doubt I would have worried. Would he put on a seatbelt or would he get caught up in the excitement and just hop in the truck? What if the seatbelt broke and he was thrown from the vehicle or smashed as the truck rolled? What if he was seriously injured and required months of rehabilitation? What if, what if, what if? Worrying is choosing to forget how many times God has provided, stepped in, and intervened even when our own foolish actions were taking us down a path of destruction. Even when the worst has happened when my father-in-law died unexpectedly a few days before Christmas, or when I had pneumonia while pregnant with my fourth, or when both my parents were diagnosed with cancer 10 days apart, God provided and sustained and strengthened. Worrying is refusing to trust that God is in charge. It is being consumed by fear about something that might never happen. Think about that. It's choosing to invest in a story that more than likely won't play out instead of investing in what is happening here and now. Jesus made it clear that worry is not from God. He's watching and willing to provide. If it's from Satan, I don't want it. And if it's from Satan, it's battling for my soul and a place in my heart and mind that should be fully devoted to God. James wrote, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4, verse 7. If God is worthy of our trust, and he is, then we can trust him with whatever comes our way. And when things we'd rather not have happened do happen, that's when we can figure out next best steps. Until then, Jesus advises us to live in today. I've had a chance to talk to several elderly people while working in the nursing home. None of them expected to end up there. As we talk about their lives, they've assured me it's best not to know the future. If they had known a year prior that they only had a year left to live in their house, they would have fretted and been sad. Instead, they lived in their homes as long as they could, and when they couldn't, they went to the nursing home. If they knew how long they'd have to live, they'd be worried as the date of their death neared. Better to just live each day and let God take care of the rest. 
It might be hard for us planners to realize it, but God knows best. All we really need to know is today. What happens tomorrow will happen. We pray, we trust, and with God's help, we get through. Just as he's helped us through everything we've gone through in the past. Jesus noticed Martha was worried about many things. What would have happened if Martha sat with Mary listening to Jesus? I imagine if Martha sat and listened, there would have been a point when Jesus stopped teaching so Mary and Martha and maybe one or two of the disciples could work together to get a meal ready. Too often, like Martha, we convince ourselves that everything hangs on us. If we don't do it, the world will stop. How arrogant. I can't be everywhere and I can't keep the world spinning. Here's what I can do. Jesus said, he stands and knocks. If we open the door, he will come in and eat with us. I doubt if Jesus and I were eating a meal that he'd be concerned with who won the last election. I know he wouldn't fret over the economy or the direction healthcare is headed. I think he'd tell me to be in the world, but not of the world. That my heavenly father sees me and knows my name. I think he'd tell me my prayers are heard and my father will do infinitely more than I could ask or imagine. And I think I'd ask about heaven and he'd tell me that I cannot begin to comprehend. He'd tell me to keep going and stay focused, not on myself or on earthly endeavors, but on kingdom work and reaching souls. God will bring me home when the time is right. When we spend time in the word, soul care, we do just that. We realign our attitudes with God. We're reminded to love and serve, and we're reminded how much God loves and serves and sustains us. We are reminded that souls are important and to pray for spiritual matters. When we're in the word, our priorities and our attitudes change, and we aren't so concerned with all the silly things of the world. Worry diminishes as we do what we can with the strength God provides. And that brings me to an important point. Sometimes our sin causes us to worry about consequences. When those boys were driving crazy and flipped the truck, they jeopardized their lives. If you're worried about your finances because your spending is out of control, pray God gives you the guidance you need to get out of debt and the strength to overcome your greed. If you're worried about your health because you are overeating or overdrinking, pray God shows you a better way and gives you the strength to overcome the gluttony. If you struggle with gossip or lying, pray God posts a guard over your lips, Psalm 141, verse 3, and tames your tongue, James 3. Uncontrolled sin should give us reason for concern, pause, and repentance, churning. The Apostle Peter would have had good reason to wonder if God could use him. It took denying his friend and Savior for him to weep bitterly and come to the end of himself. But God wasn't done with him. Far from it. His ministry was just beginning. Peter needed to be emptied of his pride and come to the point of realizing it would be the spirit in him that would make his ministry effective. He would need to take the back seat and learn to let the Spirit drive. God is eager to step in when we're ready to change directions. He doesn't wait till we're at our lowest and then laugh in our faces or tell us to come back when we've got it all together. Jesus met with the woman at the well. 
He touched the leper. He had meals with prostitutes and tax collectors. He appeared to Peter after he rose from the dead. He came back to make sure Thomas, who was struggling to believe, knew for sure. Worry is an effective tool of Satan to rob us of the peace God provides. But God equips us to overcome. When worry creeps in, I'm learning to pray about whatever comes to mind and trust God. Then I tell Satan to shut up. I try not to participate in what-if conversations. Instead, I remind whomever I'm talking to that God is on the throne and our prayers are heard. If you're bothered, pray. If you see something concerning, pray. If you think someone might be planning something against you, pray God foils the plans of evil. If you, like me, desire a worry-free life, there's a simple solution. Take care of your soul. Spend time in the Word to know who God is. Pray and refuse to give Satan a chance at the mic. Tell him to move aside because God's Word holds many promises and commands. And God says, do not fear, do not fret, do not worry.